The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debate. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Bill Gormley. Bill is the president of the Gormley Group chairman of the Coalition for Government Procurement, and we're going to be taking a post, I guess, uh, report out with regard to the Coalition's Spring Conference that was held on May 16th, um, and look forward a little bit to you know where we go from here with regard to the procurement programs and policy. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roger. Looking forward to it. Was that was that post conference or is that a potpourri of topics? It's both. <laughs> okay, it's all all of the above, I guess. I, whatever. Um, so, so first of all, um, you know, let's talk a little about the conference, how it went, and you know, some of the takeaways. Well, I think the well, I think first off, congratulations to you know the the agenda that you all put together. You know, the coalition as well as the the speakers. I think a lot. This was probably one of the most informative because there's a lot going on in GSA, but. In answer to your question, I think one of the the key um, it wasn't on your agenda, but one of the key takeaways I think that relates to everything across your agenda is um, Emily Murphy, administrator of GSA, um, announced that they're going to uh, uh, have a GSA or, or a fast, I guess is how they're calling it now, training conference uh, next year officially. So I guess they've signed the contract, and so they, she could make that announcement. Um, and it was in Atlanta, I believe, Roger. Yeah, it's going to be Atlanta. I guess it's in April of uh, next year, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. And it's um, designed to bring government and industry together for a training conference. Um, I know they've done a lot, a lot of work on this in regard to making sure it was very cost effective. Um, and it's called the Federal Acquisition Service Training. Conference okay. April fourteenth to sixteenth, two thousand twenty, in Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, yeah, I think GSA is to be commended, and Emily Murphy, particularly her leadership on this um, on this initiative. Um, it's a great opportunity to support you know procurement professionals, both particularly in government, but also in industry, and in understanding programs, policies, and. Uh, and what's going on. And, you know, just from your perspective, perspective, Bill, um, what do you think the biggest, like, sort of statement this, you know, new FAST conference makes? Well, there's a couple parts of that. Uh, one is from a listener standpoint um, today is there's going to be seven, 800 um, booths for industry. So people should register as soon as possible because that's a great way of uh, getting in front of uh, your customer base or potential customer bases. Then the other side, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been too many <laughs> since the last conference. Um, it's probably been probably almost five years, I would think. But anyway, it, there's a thirst out there for, for training. And with all the program changes that have occurred since the last conference you know, throughout government, this gives GSA you know, an excellent opportunity to really – 
kind of carry out a large part of its mission in regards to communicating what contracts that they have that are out there and also getting feedback from its customer based on what customers are looking for in the future. So um, all parties, the three-legged stool, the customer, GSA, and industry are going to be there. And um, there's going to be, uh, I think, a significant interest um, for having exposure to what's coming down the road, from, um, particularly from a GSA's perspective. Yeah, um, and you know, that, you know, they've done their homework in terms of looking at the economics of it, in terms of the training dollar that's being spent and the number of training hours they're going to be providing. Um, and it's sort of you know, I also think of a three-legged stool in terms of what GSA is doing on training. Obviously, they have um, a lots of uh, online training and webinars about their programs. In fact. Just last week, you know, we listened in on a webinar that focused on the schedules con- consolidation, and I know we're going to talk about that on the show. But they have that. They also have in-person training, and then they're they're adding this this you know piece of the puzzle back into it with regard to a you know a conference that really leverages um, expertise, capability, and resources to provide an, a, a very cost-effective platform uh, to support. Yeah, acquisition, you know, personnel's development and, and improvement overall. And it, I think promoting understanding across government and industry is going to be a, a big part of it as well. Yep. No, I totally agree. So I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win takeaway right there as far as the, the value of the conference and getting the, the announcement out there and, uh, Folks need to be going to the, the GSA website. I'm sure it's already up now where people can at least get information on it and maybe even go through and do an application process for uh, for a vendor site. All right. So other takeaways from the conference, Bill, we'll just we'll – this will be the way we'll do our potpourri here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the uh, – you know, I think the way you structure the way the conference was structured, and we keep some kind of order here, is uh, on the e-commerce, you know, the Section 846 kind of kicked off the conference. Um, I think that basically would affect in some fashion um, – all, all the industries that were, were there, I mean, even it could touch on even the services side who may think that they're immune to it, but I think that, that it did have some discussion on the services side. So I think, um, you know, how that is uh, GSA uh, just completed their, uh, their second deliverable for 846, the report, market report, market research report. And, and there was a lot of discussion on that. And, you know, in fairness to all sides, GSA was, able to answer, you know, questions from the audience. And yet there was also questions that I think that they uh, got some insight on where, where clarity needs to be and from an industry because, Hey, you're sitting, you're sitting, you know, across or you're sitting, you know, in front of your, your vendor community that is currently supporting you. And I think the interest, the interest by the, the industry community is how, how, how do we continue to support you and you meaning GSA through their contracts and, and having GSA provide feedback of, uh, yes, we need you to service government. We want to con- you to continue to service government. And then the question on, on, on this topic, 846, you know, w- what does you know, GSA, how does GSA convey that to its industry base, commercial industry base? And, um, and so that's, there, there's still some, I think the, uh, the interest has been highlighted or heightened as to when the, uh, you know, the, the draft RFP comes out. And, and then I think that, that will really 
reflect um, the the market research, and uh, I would hope uh, some of the feedback they got during the conference, and I think the coalition is following up with other questions. So hopefully, yes, you're yes. looking forward to that. I, when, when did they say the uh, RFP was the draft RFP is coming? I out? thought it what they said by the end of June, somewhere yeah. around that's the target okay. date to right. get a draft out. Yeah. Okay. Let's say we'll be we're you know going to be in June next week anyway. So yeah. it's in June, I believe, Bill, that we'll see see a draft. So um, the interesting part is how long is that going to stay out for for comment? That <laughs> that's going to be the you know the a, a signal as far as. Or, or are we willing to adjust in anything, or is this kind of where we're going from an industry perspective? And, and GSA's got its timeline, so it's you know it's trying to meet all you know the, all parties or you know have an interest. So hopefully we can uh, you know can see some further conversation once our once the draft comes out. Yeah, are there any uh, particular aspects of their report and the presentation that um, the listeners would you think be very? I, I mean, I, you know, I think there are, but so well, I'm, I'm yeah. asking you, yeah, uh, I know. with regard to That's fair. You know, where GSA is uh, indicating they're going. Yeah, I think the it's like anything else. Some a lot of times when when you when you've seen a uh, a potential new change from a business standpoint and it's been reported out. I think sometimes you'd, you know, and many times you like to see what's behind that point or how how the, that party got to that position. And I think that's where, I know, coalition members uh, in, in, in around the, uh, where you get a lot of information is around the, you know, the lunch line or, or the coffee breaks or something like that during the, during the uh, conference, Roger. You know, they're like, you know, they like to see how they reach this conclusion, what market, what was behind the market research. So I think they're looking, you know, for more visibility um, or, you know, yeah, I mean, visibility of, of, what the, of what the findings were, how, how the findings were determined and who provided that. So I think the transparency, you know, I don't mind that word, but I think we overuse it sometimes, but it's transparency, right. I think, is relevant well, what, what, here. Yeah, what was, what are the data elements that went into their decision yeah. making and, you yeah sharing those with um, the public, I think would be very helpful in terms of, you know, get a better understanding um, perhaps of why decisions were made the way they were made with regard to it. But the end, I think it's important, the industry members, people understand that e-commerce is not going away. Sure. Everybody in attendance there has an e-commerce or some form of e-commerce site. So people understand that. It's just, how is the government going to um, under eight, under this eight forty six and and beyond? You know, how is the government going to address eight forty six with all the other mandates and uh, requirements that the government has imposed over the years? And that's kind of where I think that's important to see. You know, how how that's going to be contained or incorporated into this RFP coming up. Right. So, Bill. Um Time to take our first break. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Uh, I am Roger Waldron, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on the Federal News Network. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation on the Federal Market uh, Strategy Initiative at GSA and e-commerce. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on the Federal News Network. I am Roger Waldron, and my guest today is Bill Gormley, chairman of of the Coalition for Government Procurement and president of the Gormley Group. And Bill, when we took the break, we were, you know, talking about e-commerce and, uh, um, and you know, the discussions around, um, 
you know, the information d- decision making and that sort of thing. Do you have any other, you know, thoughts with regard to the e-commerce, whether it's the conversation that government industry are having or the rip, you know, the second report? I think the, it, at this point, it's not, not, not a wait and see type period. Not that, that it goes dormant as far as a topic, because under the coalitions, I don't have you sent. You're going to send questions. You're going to send questions or information. Yes, we're okay. going to. We put. Yeah, we we had a number of questions from uh, companies who do a lot of business with GSA, who uh, who are participate in the in the e-commerce economy every day. And our goal and plan is to provide those to GSA as you know in response to its report, just to provide them some additional feedback on things that um, you know they um, should be looking at or questions that remain um, because companies want to understand and that goes to the transparency the information too want to understand uh, what it means for them and where things are going so they can figure out how to best react um, from their business perspective so I guess in regards to um, where 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 are we in this conversation um, with what Additional information you're going to provide, I'm sure others to GSA. Um, the draft comes out, and then that'll be the time to really kind of see how the if it's coming off the jack stands and how 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 e-commerce <laughs> is going to roll. <laughs> so I think that's so I think that'll be the time to really maybe circle back and then actually get some true indication from a contractual or from a you know solicitation development standpoint how's how's this how's this e-commerce vehicle going to look yeah yeah you know and bill i'm just curious you know the thing one of the things that you know struck me is when this all happened um you know one of the first thing you said why yeah, they could do this on schedule um you yeah. thought so i mean i thought well yeah you know you're right because there already are e-commerce platforms on it schedule 70 yeah there there's many and i think that's part of where you know duplication where there's been a, uh, effort over the years to reduce duplication. And so that's, this is where some of the, the, the curiosity and combined with confusion and uncertainty is, is from an industry standpoint, trying to figure out, cause you know, if you're in business, you got to figure out how you can continue to stay efficient and, um, and what, how's this going to be impact you in regards to your current e-commerce business with the government? Right. Um, so let's move on from e-commerce. Um, we spent a lot of time, and I'm, there's going to be lots of opportunities to continue to have that conversation. To your point, when the yeah. draft uh, you know solicitation comes out, uh, I know people are going to be really focused on that, and have there's going to be a lot of conversations around that. Um, you know the the other I think big topic of discussion at the conference was schedules consolidation slash modernization. Um, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's uh, it's a great. I think it's a great initiative. It's again devils in the details. I mean, I think they've um, they've done a good job of laying out the, the next twelve months or so from a transition standpoint. So I think it's October first, if I remember correctly. You're supposed to have the new solicitation, new yes, solicitation, the consolidated sort of solicitation. Yeah. And so that, and but and the good part from from I think everybody's standpoint. Was GSA's like continue to do business? I mean, there there's no there's going to be no quiet time or downtime as far as any any offers or industry. So it's not going to have an impact, a negative impact. Like for any any size company, like you can't provide any new offers <laughs> for this period of time. They've they've left it wide open. So I think that 
that um, that on ramp, off ramp, or you know, merge lane, all of that's going to be. Uh, I don't know if this is the easy pass or not. I've got that in my head, but you know, it's, they're 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 trying to make this as um, you know unintrusive and as convenient as possible in maintaining. It's like trying to keep your your store open on why it's going under a major renovation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. So, or 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 not, yeah, because that's on your own doing. But you yeah. think about those poor folks who've got a store and like the you know they decide to redo the building around them. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, so it's all that, right? I think everybody, I think the listeners, get this point. Yes. So yeah. so it's so they're hosting that, uh, and they've been very clear about that part of it. So we take the next step. You know, we always think what's the term devils in the details. So when you get into a little bit more, I think the, the, the NAICS codes in the SINs area is, is really, um, I think if, uh, you know, I heard this a couple of times, you know, if they, if they look at the the document that constitutes or defines the NAICS codes, that in the header of that is pretty much the codes are for, for identification of a company in, in an industry. And that's not, that's not as easily... Um, it doesn't transition to companies that may have multiple, uh, you know, offerings and that's kind of, so it's, 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 I think there's going to have to be some adjustment there, but GSA is is pursuing that right now. And I mean, hopefully maybe during the, uh, uh, the communication side of this with a continuing communication with industry and maybe a small business administration, others who are, who may have a, a direct interest in this with good intentions, there may, there may be not uh, good, uh, there may be unintentional, you know, consequences. Is, is well, may, from may the next code, the switch yeah, from the yeah. and, and, and I know it's not sexy, it's dry, it's, it's gritty, but at the end of the day, you know, this is the oil in the engine and it allows you to keep running in various ways and to be classified a certain way where you're not, as a company is, is the company's concern and also how they interface with, uh, you know, their customer base, their federal customer base as well. So this will, I mean, I wonder if it just raises the stakes even more. I mean, now, you know, you had sins and nakes. Now it's nakes and nakes, you know, for a company, does it raise that? If I'm in the wrong nakes code from where I, you know, how, you, you know, that devil be in the details is where you're assigned to, when you're you get either get a new contract or when your contracts are consolidated or whatever they do, yeah, I think Does that G- makes sense. To you yeah, or? and I think GSA is trying to address uh, multiple interests uh, within the government in regards to data, and I think you know while this may be a a a, a cure all maybe in in one one swim lane, you know this is a multi lane highway or multi multi swim pool. Uh, that we just, I think we shouldn't just focus on that one swim lane. It's the whole, it's the whole uh, program. So I think that, well, we'll see, we'll see. You know, we don't, I don't want, we don't get too far into this because yes, let's have. Well, you know, GSA just let's it. flip it, Bill. It's like, what do you think the biggest benefits are of uh, going to a single schedule? I think it gives industry um, the opportunity to streamline its um, business efficiencies in dealing with GSA. Um, from a resource standpoint, number one. And number two, I mean, then it just spreads out because it allows them to really provide a, a full solution of what they offer um, throughout the government. I think on eBuy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create more competition for GSA. Right, breaking down the silos. Right. Yeah. And 
Uh, you have one contract number, which again would be would streamline a lot of areas. You don't have to have award a company in order to get what you want. If you're government, you have to award under several contract numbers in some cases. So that's that's huge, and hopefully, it get this gets marketed in a way um, by GSA. And I think their intent is to do this is to really demonstrate you know, what the, um, the benefits are for everybody. And I think, again, the key is going to be how do you take what's been out there uh, for 70 years, the schedules program, and, 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 and getting all the tendencies that people have used the program for, um, for BPAs and other, how do you transition those to this, this single doc, this single contract number? Right. And Bill, when I, when we're up on the break, when I come back, I'll ask, I got a couple other questions about consolidation and I'd like to get your thoughts on. My guest today is Bill Gormley, president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I am Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on the Federal News Network. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Uh, but also president of the Gormley Group. Um, and Bill, when we took the break, we're t- we were talking about schedules consolidation. I want to follow up. Um, you know, you touched on, and I think we both used silos and with regard to schedules and e-buy in particular. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, this consolidation does is sort of eliminate that scope of contract issue that's always been there in schedules, like where does something belong, and then you've got to have a contract under each schedule if you are a company that has multiple sort of product lines potentially. You know, what does this mean for those companies and just how – and for the government as a customer? Well, you know, I don't want to go historic on you here. Oh, oh please do. It, it's, it'll be like war, war ancient stories. history. Yeah, or, war, yeah. war stories. Roman Empire days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We can talk about the Roman Empire days, and but it's still relevant today is what I'm going to uh, talk about. Very good. Yep. So as, as an example, one of the – when I was you know in the midst of all this, it was one of the big conversations in regards to uh, uh, to lawnmowers and tractors as an example. All right? Mm-hmm. And so a lawnmower and a tractor, the, what defines it is the horsepower. And so one, you know, the horsepower makes it a tractor and it goes under, I don't know, the, the schedule in, you know, Fort Worth, 56, I think it is. And then you have uh, the lawnmower can go in 50, 50, you know, 51, I guess it was. Anyway, so it was based on the horsepower. And so both of them cut, cut grass, right? And so this yes. consolidation now will allow the, you know, the, the, the push mower, <laughs> the riding mower, the zero turn, however you want to categorize it, actually be... You know, a company that has you know both multiple lines, very yeah, various right. horsepower now <laughs> is going to have one. So you know, military, the military in regards to its its large sites it has for mowing, where it does the mowing, and other locations are going to have one, be able to use one contract. This is just one small example, but I think it highlights you know that as well as under under Schedule seventy, you'll have a computer, you have printer supply, you have. Uh, you know, ink cartridges that are also be under 36 and 75 and 70 schedule. Sorry for that. I'm giving you all the, the numbers. Yeah, it's all them. those numbers people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that is going to, that is going to true all this up now to not have at least three contract numbers to have your products on there. If you're offering uh, toner cartridges as an example. Right. So I guess my, well, my next question is sort of about the systems and you touched on them a little bit like you buy and how it will increase competition. 
So, you know, it seems to me in this case, maybe this is a place where GSA's contracts are evolving more quickly than the systems. I don't, I don't know if that's a fair observation or not. But so I'm, so it's a question, your thoughts on where their systems need to go and, um, you know, to, to take advantage of this, um, you know, effort in terms of consolidation. You know, this is no small task. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Okay, so, I, I appreciate that. You know, if for those listeners who are out there, you have operations, um, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and you have you know, the, the systems which, in in uh, for the most part, have lag. So if you're, you know, if you're a major company up and running, you know, try to implement a new IT system is mean you're changing the jet engines in flight because you got to stay in business. So GSA, you know, has you know eighteen thousand just in you know, the schedules program, I guess contracts out there. You know, how do you how do you change any platforms that, that's associated with it? So it's a big deal. That's why I think GSA has done a good job. Hats off to them. Two hats off to them that they've done a lot of communication on the consolidation of the schedule. All the answers out there, no to the questions. However, they're they're face they're interfacing with their their customer base, meaning industry in a standpoint. So commercial system platforms is I think um, what GSA is in tending to use as much as possible moving moving forward, Roger. You know, will there always be some some tweak to it? I mean, you know, everybody tweaks something. I mean, even as a small business, we we tweak something as well on the system side. So there'll be some of that. But I think that to your point, you know, the government is not its mission is not to um, develop code for its own unique system. And I think they, they can they can mac further maximize the use of commercial platforms, and I know they're looking at it in the order writing system. Yes, you know, and I think you know GSA Advantage, you know, which is electronic commerce as well for government, you know, for a lot of compliances and you know environmental and you know trade agreements act and all those things are listed on there to help to help the customer know that they're complying with the, with the federal laws. So, I, I, you know, I guess the, on the consolidation, uh, you know, my sort of last question in this area. Um, at you least promise? For, uh, well, no, okay. I don't promise. Right, but um, right, So one of the things like, that, you know, let's, you know, there's no such thing as a new idea. So <laughs> You can polish it. You can polish it. <laughs> right. Well, you could. So let's say they've polished it and brought it into the 21st century. But back in the day, there was a thing called the corporate schedule. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was at GSA at the time. I think you initiated it, then, you know, you moved on in yep. your career. But one of the things that always struck me in in looking at it is the question of leadership around implementing it. And it seemed to me at the time that just as a, you know, I was in an overhead office. So, so but, you know, you know the, the issue was in terms of having all those schedules, but having the single schedule was like, who is going to get credit? And am I going to lose sales from my center, which means I lose, you know, the revenue and, you know, and it's an issue of making sure you cover your cost and that sort of thing. So how from a challenge to get it, people to look at it as operating a, a unity of effort, operating as one versus, you know, what's in it for my particular center or organization? How do you get, because I think that, that people weren't, you didn't have advocates, right, for it. After you left, in particular, but any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, 
there's many facets to your single question, Roger. So you're really of course you're setting me up here pretty <laughs> pretty strong. Yeah. So there's a couple things. One is I think you know clear communications that that it probably sets out as the number one obvious thing. The number two part is in um, you know, everybody's style is different. You know, my style was hey at the end of the day, you know, everybody's uh, paycheck or or transfer to your bank has, has U.S. government in front of it. So, you know, there were we were all together as a team, and that doesn't mean you don't have disagreements on a team, but it's it's how you work through those disagreements. And I think— and those disagreements it, can improve things. Disagreements, you know basic in some cases, um, in many cases, is based on com- just human competition, competitiveness. And so you are going to have the, the competitive culture of— yeah, I, I know, you know, my region or my my business area, my acquisition center, however you want to categorize it, is is doing, you know, very well and and that's good. So I think it's how that that manage management cannot be overlooked that or minimize that because although people can minimize things and this is both in, in, in not only in government but also industry it's like don't minimize something by saying we're not going to do it i mean you have to address it and i think that's a big part of how how that because they're they're going to have to figure out who under multi or a contractor has multiple contracts now they're going to end up with one you know who's going to be the contracting officer and and there could be different industries you know Within within it could be services, could be products, or it could be IT. Yeah. So there's that, and there's probably going to have to be a teamwork, right, across sure. people who know yep. one industry yep. versus another, yep. and how they're yep. going to look at a. I uh, think I think actually I think GSA culturally has the opportunity to benefit significantly through this. Why is that? If done properly, yes, and I'm sure it will be. We'll just leave it that way. Yeah, that there's going to be more team unity across business lines that are structured today. Right. Collaboration. The opportunity is there. Yeah. Yeah. From learn from each other, all those things. You and I didn't agree in government. Hardly at all, but it was healthy. I, I, you know, I, I I never took it as a net. Right. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Bill, we're up on the, on the last break. Um, And when we come back, we'll, you know, look at a couple other highlights from the conference and just look, take a look at what moving forward, what, folks need to be aware of as we enter into the dog day and the hot days of summer. Right. Um, right. my, uh, I am Roger Waldron and you're listening to off the shelf on the federal news network with my guest, Bill Gormley, president of the Gormley group and chair of the coalition for government procurement. Welcome back to off the shelf on the federal news network. I'm Roger Waldron and my guest today is Bill Gormley. Uh, president of the Gorman Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And Bill, one of the sort of interesting like sort of tidbits was there was a fair dis- amount of discussion um, about, um, you know, the lingering effects, I guess, of the shutdown at the conference in terms of what does it mean for Q4. So I'm just going to open it up for you, to you to talk about that and anything else you have thoughts with regard to. We're almost I guess we're getting close to right to the last quarter here, yeah, right? One more so, month for yeah, and one more month, and you know, and even now it's sort of like you know, it's people are already thinking about it. So, thoughts in that regard? Well, yeah, there's the the Q4 side. There's a lot. What we talked about earlier, Rogers, uh, is going to be occurring during Q4. So, 
Yeah, and from an industry standpoint, they're not taking their eye off the ball as far as the sales side. They can't. That's how they keep their business up and running. I think the now they're going to have to have uh, you know dual vision or trifocals or something to look at look at the various segments of government, meaning changes in acquisition, which you know which we talked earlier on eight forty six. That that's out there. Consolidation of the schedules is out there, and and then the government shutdown where. In some cases, certain uh, agencies or departments are probably behind in their spin. So they're going to be, you know, looking to see what their needs are, you know, between now and the end of September, you know, the customer base. So from an industry, you know, they've got to keep their eyes on the ball and not only the sales side or the customer need side or what the budget side is, but also, you know, the consolidation of their of their contracts. And, um, and and the things we talked about earlier in regards to that, and on you know merging BPAs or transitioning or things of that nature, you know, then you have the 846, which has the RFP coming out. So, you know, and you know, for their budget, for industry's budget, they should be thinking about when I mean, we talked about the fast co- training conference that, you know, that, that should be in their budget, knowing now that it's uh, April of 2020. So there's there should be ample time, you know, to get that in depending on when your budget year is, but should be ample time to get that in for next year and, and to definitely be there on that. So I think that's, you know, kind of, that, but I do have one other thing I was thinking about while we're getting back to the initial potpourri type thing. So if you don't mind, we'll jump around a little bit. Sure. Go I know, right I don't probably have a couple It's minutes. a show, Bill. It's a show. All right. So anyway, um, I think it was, it was a, uh, the point was raised about the VA uh, schedules and GSA and actually with the administrator. And I think she actually it was either that day or then the next day or something. She was actually going to be meeting with VA officials. And I think part of the, the, the interest of the question was, you know, how can GSA, you know, help um, or or become closer to, to VA in regards to a like program, having like systems where, you know, particularly on the uh, electronic side, and I think that's. Uh, I think her her re- her response was, uh, you know, we would we are we are having these types of discussions. It's now a matter of, I think, obviously reaching any agreements or or maybe at least developing next steps or something. So I think that's uh, that's a lot further along than like, no, we're not having any discussions. So I think that's a you know for companies out there with the with the VA schedules as well, right. Um- you know, just you know, one of the things that you know that 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 issue that you know, particularly with the shutdown, the lingering effects. Like one of the the comments that was made uh, at the conf or an observation uh, during one of the panels is that you know, like DHS is about two billion dollars behind where they were last year in terms of obligation. So companies are you know, there's going to be you know, it's always a lot going on in the last quarter, but for some companies in particular who deal a lot with particular agencies who are impacted by it, there's going to be, it's an, it's even, you know, a little bit more than typical. And I think you got to be aware of that. Um, you know, have thoughts on, you know, I know you're a big believer in BPAs and, you know, and preexisting contracts in terms of agencies using those to, to quickly fill their requirements. Yeah. I think, um, Sean did did your market report or something? Yeah, yeah. Sean Nolte of the coalition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it was like sixty percent of the sales or something through schedules, right? Or go through BPAs. 
Yeah, or over half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is 60% over half? Still? Yes, it is, okay. but right. I don't know if it's that quite that high. <laughs> it was but, but it's high. Anyway, it's over yeah. 50 Okay, Roger. You're the lawyer, so I'll be conservative. Oh, hey, okay. It's at least 50%. There's a difference. Yeah, at least 50 Put it that way. You feel better well, Right now. around 50%. How about that? But anyway, from a listener's standpoint, BPAs are a big deal, and it's a great way for the government to leverage you know, its business. Uh, and business can either be a business in hand or, or future business. So future business through BPAs, the government can leverage itself as well as with industry negotiate that have guaranteed minimums and the guaranteed minimum can be part of the obligation from a, from a budget standpoint can be part of that. So that's part of, I think one way to further engage with the customer's needs and streamlining their acquisition process as it gets closer to the end of the year. So I think from an industry standpoint, you know, where you have BPAs or where you have the opportunity to have that discussion with uh, your customer base now, uh, clearly gives an advantage to all parties and when it comes to um, issuing orders versus issuing RFQs versus issuing RFPs between now and the end of the year. So that, that'd be a major way of streamlining Roger. Yeah. Um, yes. I think that there is um, going to be, I think, and you combine that and we haven't really touched on this, but you talk about also category management right now. And one of the big pushes is best in class contracts yeah, you know, so you know, and so everybody wants to. You know, how, how, how do you? Define, I mean, it's like, say, so is there is there a second class also? There's like four different tiers. I but they call classes. Uh, they're called tiers, oh, like tiers, tier one, tier two. But so we can't call class. it best in class. Is that tier one? I think a tier. There's a tier zero, and that's an agency specific contract. I think tier three is. How do you be identified as a zero? I mean, I'm just. I, I it's don't part know. Of, you need a it's algorithm. Like, it's to, like class. You're a class two. You're second class or something. I mean, it's kind of tier two. So I mean, that's. I think there's a danger in some of this, and hopefully, and I know uh, OFPP rep was there, and there, you know, some of that's they started to get into it. But I think they're. I think they're recognizing there has to be a more definitive way of addressing it. Uh, schedules, you know, they're like tier two or something. Yeah, I mean, and my and, po- and part of my point here is like, if you're looking at the last quarter, yeah. there's going to be, you know, there's going to be there's incentives now in terms of grading, I guess, for agencies on using those right. vehicles. Yep. So that's one thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. So I think that to market that. Uh, I wouldn't market myself as class two, but I wouldn't market oh, it as. That's, that's true, too. I'm second but, class. Yeah, I know, <laughs> no, yeah, I know, but, but we're good. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. anyway, I think that's all that ties into, you know, how do you, how do you make it easy? How do you make yourself become easily accessible in doing business with the federal government, you know, government wide? And as a side note, again, potpourri. I'm hoping that when they ultimately come to a single consolidated schedule, Roger, that they'll, they'll also have the opportunity to go to Congress to open up the cooperative purchasing side right. and, yeah, and, make, beyond, it, and right. make that. So that's there, there's no confusion of what's in, what's out of cooperative purchasing. Cause right. there's, I, I just talked to ironically uh, so, someone earlier who was a former regional GSA administrator in facing industry. And they're like, man, I wish there was cooperative purchasing and he was giving me another schedule. Right. And I'm like, you know what? You had your shot when you're in governments and now you're seeing it on the other side that states, more states are wanting to use the schedules program for a lot of different reasons, but resources and also getting the best value. Right. Well, on schedules, last quick question, you got about a minute left, Bill, but the issue is, yeah, we didn't, 
discussed the unpriced schedule concept. Um, and I think it's something that, yeah, that GSA is part of its consolidation, sort of re-engineering the schedules. Um, now they have the authority, the you know, and I think they're starting to explore it. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think GSA is going to get to a point where they're going through and, and measure and um, mapping uh, all of the terms, conditions, all of the, was there 32 or something schedules? 24, 24 right? 24. Yeah, yeah 24. Yeah. See, how many there are, see how fast that goes. Yeah. So, yeah. but they're mapping all of those and uh, seeing what, what can move, what can stay in, what got to stay, to stay uniform. So once they get through that, through this consolidation, Roger, and there'll be other things that they're going to have to, to figure out how they migrate into one shopping mall, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, then I think it w- they'll, they'll be better able to take on, you know, the unpriced and so forth. So they have they have a one-step continuity process. Right. It's one step at a time, yeah. right? Uh, Bill, thanks for being on the show. Sure. Love it. So I want to thank my guest, Bill Gormley, president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I am Roger Waldron, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.